Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey, listeners, in this episode, we'll be talking a bit more about telehealth. You've probably been seeing a lot of that, uh, especially in this new age of coronavirus that we're in, and we're lucky to have guest Mike Dahl of CHC Health. All right, so today on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, we have a special guest, Mike Dahl, who is a PharmD and the COO at CHC Health. Michael is Uh, has been in the pharmacy industry for over 16 years, and he has had a vast amount of experience in numerous different practice settings, such as health system, community, managed care, industry, advocacy, administration, and clinical tech industry. Michael has focused his career and has been an industry leader in the field of development and implementation of pharmacy clinical services. He joined CHC Health as the Chief Operating Officer in 2018, and in past roles, Michael was the Director of Clinical Services at Mark Touch Media and oversaw clinical services with Shopco Stores. In both roles, he collaborated with executive management at pharmacy chains and technology vendors to operationalize clinical pharmacy services. He has given many talks at industry events where he's been the subject matter expert related to these services, including MTM and medication synchronization. Mike, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks, Hillary. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you could fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit about your personal life. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Born and raised um, out of Traverse City, Michigan. Went to Fair State University for undergrad and for pharmacy school. Um, beyond that, uh, really started working in pharmacy at Meyer. Um, so Meyer Pharmacy is headquartered out of Michigan as well. So um, again, kind of born and bred in that area. Um, and that's really where I came up as well. Um, it, it really started and piqued my interest in the clinical programming um, out of Meyer, And that was back in the day when I started there. It was a little bit different than a typical um, retail center. They were doing a lot of forward-thinking clinical programming, such as cholesterol testing, brown bag days, et cetera. Um, not only was it a busy pharmacy and taught me a lot of the nuts and bolts of what happened um, in, in a retail setting, but also how to implement some of those programs um, at a very high level, of course. And so I spent a lot of my time um you know, moving from that, uh, let me back up a little bit, moving from um, when I went from Meyer, um, graduated from pharmacy school, went to Shopco stores, which is out of Wisconsin. Um, and at that point in time, I managed a store essentially right out of pharmacy school. And it was a, a busy store. Um, and then shortly thereafter, I took over all the clinical programming for Shopco's, um, for Shopco stores and started um essentially with MTM right out of the gate. And that was when MTM was still in its infancy and there's only a few vendors out there um, really collaborating with the with the payers um, and then the retail um, setting as well. And during that time, I was charged with not only uh, implementing the programs, but also making sure they're successful in the long term. So I was looking at a couple different things that not only um, to get them up and running, but also making them financially feasible for a number of different players in the market. So that's including the patients uh, first and foremost, 
making sure it's a great experience for them, but also making sure it's financially feasible for the stores and the payers long term. Um, and then from there, it really went from not only just doing MTM, but also med synchronization was a big program that I worked on for a number of years, inbound, outbound phone calls, mobile apps, um, et cetera, um, immunizations, those types of things. Um, and all along the way, the things that I looked for were, again, keeping the clinical programs um, up and running for the long term, not just getting a successful pilot going, but also making sure that um, it was something that would be lasting for everyone. Um, and so, you know, from there, I went to Market Touch Media um, and did a lot of the same types of things, looking at the implementation of clinical programming, a lot of the same type of programs, but in a number of different settings, not only from, you know, managed care, other retail setting, um, but a lot of different retailers, a lot of different health plans, um, and making sure that the programs that were implemented fit the needs of the client. And every pharmacy, every health plan has different needs. Everyone has different uh, management. And so making sure that the uh, personalities of the program and the way that it's laid out makes sense for all the players. Um, and first and foremost, making sure that it made sense for the, um, the, the patients. And so I learned a lot about... Speaking of education, are you aware of the 2014 Drug Disposal of Controlled Substances ruling that regards safe disposal of unused medications? Well, we're lucky to have RX Destroyer sponsoring the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. RX Destroyer ready-to-use chemical drug disposal systems are safe, easy, and affordable products, which protect the environment and can save thousands in fines. To get more information on products, training, and medication waste, compliance, check out www.rxdestroyer.com slash talk to your pharmacist. Again, how to implement a program, but also making it successful long-term based around the ROI for all the players. Um, and then from there, I went and I was approached by Mike Kasab, who's the CEO and founder of CHC Health. Um, at the time, it was called Kasab Consulting, and he brought me on as chief operating officer in 2018. Awesome. And now, and so Mike, was the Market Touch Media also a, a pharmacy type program or it sounds a little like a marketing shop or something? Yeah. So Market Touch Media, um, it's, it's a technology company that, that focuses on the services for, um, again, uh, retail pharmacies, managed care, um, especially pharmacies. And essentially what it is, um, it's a company that focuses on um outbound phone calls, uh, mobile apps, um, mm -hmm. med synchronization, clinical programs. That's really where I was focused due to my background in the retail setting. Um, mm -hmm. So um, there's a couple other players in the market that are similar to them, but it's really not marketing per se, um, mm -hmm. but it's more how to, I guess, when you think about marketing, it'd be marketing towards the patients and it really is patient-focused care. Gotcha. More of that consumer focused and how to how to make it convenient and streamlined and all of those things. Exactly. Um, exactly. Okay. And then so tell us a little bit more about CHC Health and what that is and what some of the the services that you guys provide. Sure. Yeah. So CHC Health, um, it's essentially it's a clinical pharmacy services firm. Um, we currently deploy over 400 pharmacists throughout the country in a variety of different settings. Uh, the majority of them are virtual. Um, we have a number of other um, clinicians on our team, such as RNs, LPNs, MAs, pharmacy techs, pharmacy students as well. 
Um, and originally we started in the MTM space and that's what was really due to Mike Case Hobbs experience with Outcomes MTM. He was the director of network performance at the time. Um, and then from there, we've really grown to include other services such as chronic care management, uh, comprehensive uh, medication management, med synchronization, both on the enrollment side and the maintenance in a virtualized setting, which um, anyone who un- understands MedSync, the maintenance, especially virtual, is one of the most difficult parts of med synchronization. And that's something I'm very proud of that we've been able to implement. Um, we also do remote de- um, device monitoring along with many other services. Um, one of the things that we really specialize is the program implementation and also making creative solutions for our clients. And again, that goes back to the thought process of making sure that the programs that we implement are not only successful in the pilot phase, but also long-term. And so that there's a positive ROI for everyone involved, you know, for the patient first and foremost, then the the health plan or the payer, and also um, whatever other, whatever the other client may be at that point in time, depending on the, on the program. Okay. And then, so how do you guys find uh, your your patients? Are you working direct to patient or are you working through physician practices or what does that look like? Yeah. So actually all of the above. So we have a direct to consumer model that we partner with a, with a client on currently. Um, so, you know, again, going directly, um, something that it's, it's, it's a website that people can go on to. Um, it's called checkmymeds.org. Um, we work directly with payers as well. Um, and we also work with, with vendors, um, and just depends on the type of program. Um, and we'll work with physician clinics as well. So we'll have collaborative practice agreements with physicians and work through, um, especially CCM and then med management with those, um, with those clinics. So it really just depends on what type of program we're implementing on who we're working with, but, um, we'll work essentially with any, with anybody in the healthcare field. Awesome. Um, all right. And then tell us a little bit more about what is the COO role and kind of what are the things that you're focused on in that position? Yeah. So as a chief operating officer, there's a number of different things that I look um, and I do look at and, and do throughout the day. Um, and that can change. It can vary throughout the day to the week to the month. But overall, it's looking at the strategy of the company uh, from an operations perspective. Um, and so what I will typically do is I will coordinate with our implementation team, which is working with the business development team and make sure that the operations for any new programs that are, that we're running makes sense with a long-term strategy of the company. And so what I look for is to make sure that the operations are as efficient as possible, um, are as compliant as possible and make our clients as happy as they possibly can be at the same time. And so it's a lot of coordination um, between um, the, the, the our consultant pharmacists, our other teams of LPNs, RNs, um, techs and students, and also the business development side. So when they're talking with prospective client, making sure that the operations that are, um, are being discussed will fit into our long-term strategy, um, and then making sure once the program's up and running and in in and through the pilot phase that it will be successful long term. So it's again not only working on the processes, but then also looking on the ROI for all the uh, all the different players involved in that particular program. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mike, uh, y'all 
offer lots of different clinical pharmacy services. And a lot of these you're able to provide virtually. Um, you know, telehealth is getting a lot of attention right now. Um, or telepharmacy. Uh, can you give a little bit of an overview of what um, that is and, and how the pharmacists are able to provide all of that from um, a virtual setting versus being um, direct face-to-face? Yeah, absolutely. So a, a couple things to, when I think about telehealth, and I think it's the, the term telehealth is very rapidly changing into just healthcare. But when you think about telehealth and what is, what's been discussed in, in years past is um, it's, it's a broader term, but essentially it's different types of healthcare being delivered via telecommunications technology, um, via that the telephone, video conferencing, text message, different type of messaging. Um, and then as kind of a subset of that, you have telemedicine, which is more the diagnostic and more of the clinical type of services that be provided in the same in the same manner. Um, so what we're doing um, with telehealth, tele, uh, telemedicine, um, is really centered around centered around the idea of unbundling the pharmacist from the pharmacy, getting away from the dispensing of a product, getting away of kind of the distractions of a regular pharmacy. And obviously, those things are going to be needed, um, and they they play a vital vital role, but as we all know, pharmacists are medication experts and, and there's a lot of different things pharmacists can do being part of an integrated team by being sort of um, removed from that setting, not being in that silo so that they can provide all the, all, all the background checks, all the sort of care management that they're able to do. And so what we do by leveraging sort of that virtual network of pharmacists that we have and that um, that telehealth approach is allows people to be more focused and efficient with their time while getting rid of sort of the distractions of that dispensing role. Um, and it allows us to be very creative as far as um, looking at the, the needs of our clients and be able to optimize their, um, the programming in such a way that it gets to the, the root of the problem as fast as possible. And it doesn't leave a lot of waste. Um, there's no time being spent essentially moving a pharmacist from one room to the next that just happens by the click of a button. Um, mm-hmm. It does, you don't have patients driving in from a location that might take them 15 minutes or half an hour, burning gas, those types of things. Um, it makes it efficient, more efficient for the patient, for the providers and for us by just being able to allow us to jump into a conversation, jump out, do remote um, sort of monitoring of those patients, be it um, something that's, telephonic, or if it's just review the uh, review of a chart remotely as well. Um, and we can do that at sort of the, the click of a button. And that's been very, very successful for us. Yeah. And could you talk a little bit more about the adoption of, you know, that setting, uh, both from the pharmacist's perspective and from the patient perspective? Yeah. Are, are you referring more to the COVID or just recently? Or, I mean... Uh, well, yeah. I, I mean, I think that the COVID-19 probably is accelerating uh, the the adoption because people are having to do it. But yeah, were there any changes that you've seen? Um, I, I think that, you know, we've, we've seen more and more people embracing technology over the past few years. Um, but yeah, has, has there been any significant uptick over the last few weeks or? Sure. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I think you know, in years past, and in, in you look at the different companies that have been out there that have been doing um, telemedicine, you know, telehealth. It's there's been sort of this slow adoption. I think everyone knew that it's it's, it's coming, and that at some point there would be a need, a, a bigger need for it, and um, a lot of people were trying to figure out where it fit in. Had the technology um, advanced to the point where it could be implemented in a way that that made sense and it wasn't sort of clunky and um, it just worked. And I think now is sort of the sort of the perfect time for all those things that kind of came together. And I think COVID really pushed everything over that edge, where not only is the technology where it needs to be to provide those types of services in a essentially a seamless manner. And now I know there's a lot of different. Um, health systems and physician clinics that are still trying in, in pharmacies for that matter, trying to um, understand and implement those in a um, smooth way. But I think they're going to, you know, people are understanding what it takes to get there and, and they're doing so very rapidly. But beyond that, you know, how is it, how is it sort of progressing um, and, and the needs for it? And I think people not only are they understanding how to implement the service and, and why it's needed for a risk of exposure, but also all the benefits of it and the efficiencies that, that come from that. And I think what people are going to realize is the efficiencies that they're going to gain are going to at um, the consultation over the phone, teleconference, you know, the video conferencing, is that going to fit the needs for everybody? And I think people are starting to very rapidly see that. And I think COVID's just been a great example that what can happen just because you don't want to be exposed um, and you also want to sort of be efficient with your time. If you're going to go out, you want to do it where it's going to take you half an hour, 45 minutes to do something and have that, that visit. Or when you're working, can you just, you know, click of a button, have that consultation. Maybe it takes you eight, 15, 20 minutes and then go on with, with the rest of your day, or does it kind of break up your day as well? So I think that people are seeing there's benefits in so many aspects to that um not only from the patient perspective like i was mentioning just more of the convenience aspect but also on the on the healthcare side um there's only there's limited resources and again with covid especially in the, the hot zones people have seen that there's only so much time that people have and a lot of the care that would be um, taking place isn't due to covid like the elective surgeries that are being canceled um the visits, the routine visits are being canceled that now can be done you know, telephonically or through video conference. Um, so the service is still being provided or pro- the majority of it's still being provided um, and that people are being taken care of in the best way that they possibly can. So I guess long story short, I think in the long term, people are, um, this shift is, is going gonna, is gonna to stay. And I, I don't see it reverting back to where it was a few weeks ago or months ago. I think this is, you know, push the, the shift. Um, far enough down the line where telehealth is going to be just healthcare. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Some good predictions for the f- the future of kind of how how we deliver care. Um, any things that CHC is doing to better prepare for that? Um, kind of uh, looking forward. Yeah, there's a, a couple things that that we're looking at one um, just because of all the interest in, in um, telehealth and telemedicine, we're ramping up our staffing. Um, so we've had exponential growth over the last few weeks and months, um, not only due to the sort of the programs that we were working on before, but since COVID there's been a, a large number of different um, 
programs that have come to us. But we're also looking at different modes of communication and trying to fine tune what we thought was already uh, very well thought out programming um, that we're you know, learning even more as we, we go along. It's kind of a, a never ending learning process of how to fine tune our operations so that we can do even more with the same amount of folks and without sacrificing any quality and service because quality is our, is our company and it is our business. And so if we don't have a quality service, we don't have a company. And so we want to make sure that the quality stays there um, or even improves. And so what we're looking at is not only the current modes of communication that we are exhibiting to people or expressing to people, but um, also looking at um, other ways we can collaborate um, with folks, different um, different type of messaging um, so that we can hit as many people as possible um, in the modes that they want to uh, be contacted. Some people don't want to be called on the phone. Some people want to have text messages. Some people don't want text messages. They want emails. Some people want video conferences, but not Tell uh, being called on the telephone. So um, not only is it giving them all the different options of the ways they can contact us or that we can contact them, but also figuring out which one they prefer and when. And so um, it's not an easy thing to, to figure out. And I wouldn't say that we've figured out all of it yet, but we're well on our way and um, still have a lot of learning to do. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so Mike, something that I love to ask all of our guests is what is some advice that you would tell your younger self and for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? So what I would tell um, anyone is, uh, I guess of myself, if it was 10, 15 years ago, is to do what you enjoy. Figure out what that is and, and double down on your strengths. I know a lot of people try to um, kind of figure out what their weaknesses are and then improve upon them. I kind of look at it the opposite and focus on what you're good at and just have sort of a narrow vision into that. Um, and that way you're in, normally things that you enjoy, you're good at um, not for everyone, but usually that, that, you know, sort of um, that it works itself out. And for, for me, it's, if I didn't enjoy something, I probably wasn't good at it. And, um, that wasn't going to change. And so for me, for me to be happy as a person, as a pharmacist, um, impact the health of different people, um, I had to do what I enjoyed. And for me, that's operations. Um, not to say I don't like the clinical aspect, but for me, operations is where I can have the biggest impact. And that's something I truly enjoy. Um, so not that's an easy thing to figure out what you truly enjoy, but try lots of different things, uh, especially in pharmacy. There's so many different um, jobs you can do and um, some of them you're going to enjoy, some of them you're not going to enjoy. Um, try to figure that out. The sooner you figure it out, the more successful you're going to be. And from there, you can just you know, um, keep running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do what you enjoy. Um, great advice. Exactly. So Mike, um, for for listeners out there who uh, might think that they enjoy doing some of the things that you've mentioned, uh, where can they find you or find CHC Health? Yeah, so the easiest thing to do is, um, you know, I guess we can go on LinkedIn. Um, that's I think we're all on there. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, same thing with Mike Case Hob. You can go to our website at www.chchealth.com. Um, 
or you can go to our Facebook page as well. Um, so those are the, the three easiest ways to get, get to us. If you want to email me directly, it's uh, mike.dull, D-U-L-L, at chchealth.com. Awesome. Well, Mike, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you. And uh, thank you so much for being a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks, Hillary. Thanks again for listening to this episode. We are going to be relaunching our newsletter. So be sure that you're signed up over at pharmacyadvisory.com. There's a place to sign up for the newsletter and we're going to be sharing some good content there. And also be sure to check us out at Talk to Your Pharmacist on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, Connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 